The Big Sip. All right, all right, all right. You are back for another episode of The Big Sip. This is Gabriela with you. And today, I can't even believe today is happening, y'all. Like, honestly, my mind is still trying to wrap itself around the fact that this individual that I have sitting in front of me, one, so dope. Like, so dope. Um, but more than anything, yes, you, I'm looking at you. Uh, more than anything, I can't even express to you, like, how oddly amazing the internet is to be able to yes. create spaces like this. Yes. Like, this is someone who I met over Instagram, and yet here we are now from the virtual world to in real life. She flew on out to Napa. She's here for a purpose. And don't you worry, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now she's here, and now not only do I have this awesome connection that we had over you know, social media, but we're solidifying that connection, making things happen in person, and it has been literally the coolest experience spending the last two days with you. So I am so here, ready for this interview. It is my pleasure to introduce y'all to Angela McCray, the phenomenal being behind Uncorked and Cultured. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's an Woo! amazing introduction, y'all. I did not pay her. <laughs> Five hundred dollars. Let me tell you. <laughs> now that now, if I can have an introduction like that everywhere I went, I'd feel like Superwoman. No, put me I, in your back pocket. I feel like Oprah. <laughs> I love that introduction. Thank you so much, Gabby. It's a pleasure to be here. I admire you and your work that you're doing. Thank you. Like you know, I lift you up. Like in conversations where you're not in the room, and I just want to inspire you to continue to do the hard work that you're doing as a Napian. Did I say it right? A nappy. I don't really know How what we're supposed call to call it. I've heard other people call us napkins, and I'm like, I am not mm-hmm. a Thwaya. No, thank you. Get that out of here. I'm like, maybe a napping? Napping. Maybe napping. I feel like that okay. feels better okay. for me. Okay. To each their own, right? Yes. Whereas- <laughs> yes. Well, you are honorable napping. Oh, well, thank That's you. That's an advocate and a steward for the region, especially in a diversity and inclusion space. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Are we here for me, though? Are we here for you? <laughs> Because you're doing the same on the East Coast, but it's impacting people around the world, around the United States. Like, I literally, I can exist in this space because of amazing women like you who I get to look at and be like, okay, like, if she can do it, I can do it. That's why representation matters, right? That's why representation matters, right? You're right. You're right. It's a community. It is a community. And we have to have each other on each other's back and Mm -hmm. we have to be stewards for each other. You're absolutely Mm -hmm. right. And And I appreciate you. Allow me to be here and, you know. I'm so stoked you're here. I'm stoked I'm here. (laughs) I'm like, we're really about to talk about Uncorked and Cultured and not just about Uncorked and Cultured, everything, like your life story. Like that's why this space for me was so important to create because everybody's got a story about where they came from. And sometimes, you know, like we psych ourselves out as individuals to Mm -hmm. be like, where am I supposed to go? Like, can I really access that? Can I do it? There's Mm -hmm. these fears that come into play. Mm -hmm. And so when you... You see other people who you can relate to who look like you like it just makes you feel like yes I can go there and and I'm just I'm here for it well thank you well where do you want me to start because I, I do got a story I got a lot of stories to tell oh so, trust me I was wine tasting with you yesterday <laughs> I know you got stories <laughs> oh my goodness let so me you tell y'all you don't me. even know <laughs> well listen you know I know that uh, a lot of the incredible reasons for why you're here at Napa okay. your whole reason for your trip I mean you're also here to celebrate your birthday. Hey, 
Gemini season. All my Gemini's, what's up? But, you know, there was an initiative behind this for Uncorked and Cultured, which is, you know, amplifying the BIPOC experience mm-hmm. in wine, wellness, mm-hmm. all of these incredible things. And I definitely want to dive into that. But I want to know, like, how did Angela McRae end up here? Like, walk me through the beginning. Like, walk me through that story. Okay, well, I was born June 16th. Like, <laughs> so, so, no, seriously, like, um, you know, we were invited to an Appalachian here, not too far, like maybe an hour and a half down the road, Lodi. Mm-hmm. And they invited us out to be a part of this Roots Fund rooted in Lodi initiative with the Lodi um, Appalachian Inclusion um, Collective. And mm-hmm. so through that invitation, I literally parlayed a whole Juneteenth celebration here in Napa. And it was was amazing to me because back in February, I had the opportunity to work with 12 amazing Black-owned winemakers from all over the world, literally, literally all over the world. And so during that, um, it was the International Winemakers Summit. And so during that, I was inspired. I was inspired Mm. by their stories. I was inspired that there were black people in America making wine. Yeah, because we don't hear about those experiences. I've been drinking wine for almost 20 years, and I didn't know about black winemakers until the, you know, McBride sisters, right? Mm -hmm. You hear about Mm -hmm. the McBride sisters and the success that they've been having over the past year. Yep, and they're straight right here from the Bay. What? (laughs) Yes, and they're a household name. You Mm -hmm. know, their black girl magic wine is a household Mm -hmm. name, but... I learned that there was other black winemakers that we've been doing it for decades that we don't know about. And a lot of the times it's because they're just small growers. You know, they're not, they don't have huge distribution deals. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not a black, there's not a lot of black distributors, let alone retailers. So how do they get their name out there to the black community if they're in wine country? Mm -hmm. Because wine country doesn't have a lot of diversity here. It, it doesn't. And we're trying to change that. We're trying to change that narrative. <laughs> exactly. And so when I started getting into the wine space, I became a wine ambassador with Jean-Charles Bosset. That's and impressive. Boisse. Boisse. I know. Boisse. Like, okay, so how boss. did you start? Boisse. I started boss. with the boss. <laughs> because he's the boss. <laughs> so, you know, Jean-Charles has created a really amazing pipeline for women, mm-hmm. and especially women of color, to just get introduced to wine as ambassadors through his program. And literally, I started in April 2020, a month into the pandemic. Mm. I started selling wine, and I created this Facebook group group called Uncorked and Cultured, right? And so I wanted to really create a space where I can solicit, you know, the wines. But I realized I didn't want to just be salesy because it's kind of, you know, it's not it's not a real community that way. And, and that's I, not sometimes you like turn people off approaching them like I just buy this, you know? Exactly. And I didn't even feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So what I realized is that I wanted to create a space where it was a community where we took this wine journey together because I had literally just started and I was not knowledgeable about wine, so I wanted to you know, incorporate my lessons mm-hmm. with the people that I care about. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, a lot of my friends, um, you know, started joining me on these lives. We would order the same wines. I'm like, come on, girl. I see you, Mardia. <laughs> <laughs> we would order wines and we would just, you know, be on Facebook Live just talking about the wines we had. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, George Floyd happened and, you know, the world was in an uproar. It was like another civil unrest, right? Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to create content that, it was a space for people to release, mm. release, you know, relax, you know, relate, just, 
not feel the pressures of the world. And so, but be inspired. And so I started interviewing documentary filmmakers, you know, tantric yogi coaches, like, you know what I mean? Um, Women that were entrepreneurs that were creating space in the wine space to educate people on allyship. Yeah. And so through that, I really felt more passionate around people that were really doing the work. And so I wanted to create that space. So in, in, Ju- in January 2021, we launched the website. It became a complete media company. We were, we're an LLC registered in New York, and we wanted wow. to create a destination for people of color to learn about wine from their perspective mm-hmm. without the, the hard kind of like, you know, Barriers, barriers to entry. Exactly. Go, are we on the same wavelength? The barriers, you know, <laughs> because you might not know French. You might not know these languages that a lot of these regional wines come from. You may just know what you like and know what you don't like, but you want to evolve it and you want to evolve in an approachable way. And so I got my W set level one. I hey. became, yes, I was a part of the wine access John Hart, John, John Hart scholarship foundation. And so you know, we, we were birthed and we've, you know, published over 10 articles. We created the sip consciously directory. I love we- that. <laughs> I love that all the time. I'm like, yes, sip consciously, know what you're drinking, know who's behind the wine, educate yourself, help amplify those voices. That's how we elevate each other. Absolutely. Because I realized like we talk about buy black, right? That was one of the biggest, you know, initiatives around the black lives movement was buy black and support black black business owners but we didn't really quite have a comprehensive list like i think there would be some blogs some publishers that would publish maybe 50 you know wine brands that were owned by black people or something to that effect but i felt like there was more than just the wine brands mm-hmm. there were the winemakers mm-hmm. the vineyards the retailers mm-hmm. the distributors this is where the actual legacy building and the economic you know, pipeline actually exists. Mm-hmm. And without people knowing where, where, who those people are, how can we support them? How can we create an infrastructure? You know, how can we inspire the one. next generation, exactly. right? To fill those gaps. And so right now we have close to 100 entrepreneurs and wine entrepreneurs as part of the three-tiered, you know, wine distribution um, chain. And we are planning to expand it. You know, right now, you know, as a black woman, you know, we're focusing on the black entrepreneurs, but we want to expand it. We want it to be Latino. We want it to be Asian. We want it to be all people of color, mm-hmm. indigenous, you know, Indian, you know, from, you know, the east, you yes. know, southeastern region. And so we really want to make sure that we create a pipeline and a destination so that way brands can market directly to them because right now they're not marketing to our communities at all. Right, exactly. And that's another conversation, you know, that is huge. It's just like, why is it so difficult to even just market people who look like us? You know, it's just like, if we don't see ourselves in your product, like we don't feel like your product is for us. Exactly. And that's a huge gap. How many people are you leaving out of the equation simply because you just don't show them? You're right. You're right. And even just not just by marketing, but adding, considering these people as part of your corporate infrastructure. Mm. Like when you talk about leadership, when you talk about, you know, management within the organization, you know, executive teams, in order for you to be sustainable as a business, you have to look at the world for what it is. Mm -hmm. And if you're, and if you're thinking about your business and only selling to your neighbors, when, I, when your neighbors start moving out or they're no longer available to you, then what? 
Yep. You have to, you have to create a pipeline that's going to be able to reach long further, especially now since we're in a digital age. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things COVID has taught us is that we have to be online. We have to be, you know, direct consumer pipelines. And if you're only limiting yourself to one consumer base, you're not going to be sustainable. Yeah. Well, and that's the other crazy part, right? Is there's, there's obviously a lot of negative things that came from COVID, but there are so many positive things that also came from COVID. The fact that we've all been able to access one another Mm -hmm. to the degree that we're doing that. I mean, look at you and I, like, look at where we're sitting. And that's just, you know, you and I, our story, that's not including everybody else out there and the multiple people that they've also been able to connect with during this time. So it's just... There is so much work to be done, but it is also so great to know that there are people like you who are at the forefront, who are making waves of change. Uh, And I'm just like, I am here for all of that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, each one teach one at the end of the day. And to be honest with you, I'm excited to be here because not only am I celebrating my birthday, but we're celebrating Juneteenth. Mm Mm-hmm. And And you're doing a whole Juneteenth Napa Valley wine experience, aren't you? Yes. Talk to me a little bit about that. So we've had the opportunity to actually get support from the Napa Valley Vintners. um, And they've been great. I mean, just really creating space for us to be able to bring in um, 15 um, wine enthusiasts, wine influencers, you know, media professionals, as well as California state officials. Wow. We have people coming in from Sacramento, from Oakland, from New York, from Maryland, from Chicago, all over the country coming in to experience Napa from the black lens. And that means supporting black winemakers. Mm. That means supporting black wine brands. That means supporting black businesses. And it's essential. It's, a, it's essential for those businesses to survive, mm-hmm. but it's also essential to create the, the the fabric of the culture in Napa to be diverse. Exactly. And, and it needs to grow. And I'm hoping that through this initiative, we'll be able to bring more people of color um, from all over the country to be able to experience Napa in a very unique way, to be able to support the black legacy that exists mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also to help just you know, make people feel welcome, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like, you know, there's, you know, sometimes people should come to places and if they don't see themselves, they don't always, you know, feel welcomed. Yeah. And so I really want this opportunity to be a place for people to feel welcome and also see people to look like them. Yeah. And what gets me so excited and gives me goosebumps is like, this could be the start of something as we keep talking about legacy wise, sustainability wise, it just grows and grows and grows. And what's even more incredible is, you know, there's a lot of people talking about DEI work right now, forming all of these committees, you know, throwing money, certain directions and organizations, Mm -hmm. but it's important that we're not just checking boxes and doing those things. And what's so great about the Napa Valley Vendors Association Earlier this year, they committed to millions of dollars to amplify diversity. And they're showing right now that they're putting their money where their mouth is. They're presented with an opportunity to literally fund this program that's been curated by you, that you are at the helm of. And this is what it means to support diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives and really amplify the BIPOC experience. Absolutely. Their support means so much for us because if without it, we wouldn't have been able to pull it off. Not only that, but the support from the Association of African-American Vintners. Mm. Phil Long, he's based down in Livermore. 
but he's the president. And whenever I reach out to him and Lou Garcia about anything, they're 100% on board. And without their support and their collective movement Mm -hmm. as the face for African-Americans in the wine industry, we wouldn't be able to be where we are now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a member and I encourage any and everybody to be a member, even if you're not black. Allies are welcome. (laughs) And we should all all want to be allies all the time. Exactly. Because what it is, is it really allows you to have a space in a community that any other way you wouldn't be able to know about. Like Mm -hmm. like I've been in the diversity and inclusion space when I was working at NBC Universal and Hollywood. And one of the biggest things I've learned is that you have to show up and you have to allow yourself to learn from other people, Mm -hmm. even if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because... That's what makes you grow. That's what makes you be a better human being. Mm -hmm. And without that, you're just going to be in your bubble and just do the same boring things every day. Yeah. And so each day I try to live my life to inspire people and to also inspire myself through new communities and new people that I meet. And that's how we grow as individuals, as you just said. I mean, we are students of life. And if we literally take that for what it is, Mm -hmm. then we should always feel encouraged to keep learning, to keep learning about people, cultures, new information that's coming out every day, history. You know, you could be surprised by the history that can exist within one place and never even know that that was even a thing. I mean, I learned from you that black history exists in Napa dating back to the 1800s. And I'm born and raised in Napa and never in my like entire life has anybody talked about that? Wow. Well, the Napa Valley Historic Society has published some information on it. Um, they're in downtown Napa. I was able to walk by there, but I didn't go inside because it was a weekend. But <laughs> I, found I got it, wine tasting to do. <laughs> I found it on their on their on their website as well as the Napa Valley Register. Wow. So the information is there. Um, it was published, I think, in 2015, like around that era. So the the information's there. And I just feel like we just have to tap into it. Mm -hmm. We just have to tap into it. I mean, if you think about it, like black entrepreneurship in Napa was ahead of the curve of Galveston, Texas for Juneteenth. They were just getting, they just learned about their freedom in 1865. Mm -hmm. In the 1850s, entrepreneurship was happening here in Napa Valley. That's incredible. And also disheartening right to know that you can have black excellence occurring while at the same time you still have enslavement and oppression existing Mm -hmm. in another state Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow was there fear starting i mean like i know it's a lot emotions was there fear going into creating uncorked and cultured or did you feel like you mentioned right now your experience at NBC Universal, all of your media experience that you've had really set you up for this to be successful in your space and to just at least know how to create it and, and then start building it up from there. You know, I think when I left NBC Universal in 2017, I started working in documentary film, doing communications and marketing. That was where my passion was. That's where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time for me to get there, you know, because sometimes when you're in that corporate infrastructure, it's a lot of politics. Mm. It's a lot of red tape. Yep. It's a lot of finagling and, and things like that. And I just didn't have the fortitude for it, you know. So while I was there, I was doing my entrepreneurial things, which a lot of it was aligned with events, marketing, you know, that type of stuff, mm-hmm. social media stuff. And so when I started working at the documentary film company, um, we did three PBS campaigns. I had an opportunity to manage communications and marketing for three PBS documentaries, which were amazing. 
Like I did a whole event at Sundance with That's Miles amazing. Davis's electric band. Oh my gosh! Band. Yeah, Miles Davis electric band. Like, you know, I, I've experienced so many amazing things, you know. And we've traveled to HBCUs. You know, we've done stuff at the Smithsonian in DC. Wow. You know, it's been so much. And so when I left that, I was it was during a like a eat pray love trip. Um, it was my Freedom 40 journey around <laughs> Africa. <laughs> so if anybody knows me, they're going to know about this trip because it was six weeks to six countries in Africa. And it just allowed me to just tap into another side of myself that was beyond anything I would have ever known. And it made me realize the importance of understanding yourself. Mm, discovery. Alignment. You know, everything being aligned. Everything being aligned to your life. Now, a lot of people cannot live that way or do not choose to live that way. I am making a choice. Mm -hmm. And then just literally now or never. It's either you're going to do what you envision for your life now or you're going to keep putting it off. Yeah. And it's up to you to determine when that starting point and end point is. Because it's easy to put it off. It's, it's easy to put it off yeah. to the point where it never happens. Yeah, exactly. So Whether I, you just don't take the time to really think about it, put it down on paper, conceptualize it, or you just choose to remain in this fearful mindset of maybe it's not for me. And so you just don't even try. Exactly. So whenever I feel that, I just be like, it's now or never, Ange. It's now or never. And so... I was like, okay, this is my third business. This has to happen now. If it doesn't, like, who the hell am I? What is my purpose in life? I feel like this is encapsulates all my experiences, all my relationships, all my passions, everything just kind of like boils down to right now. And without me doing this right now, who am I? Hmm. And because the new space in which wine specifically is, and then the lack of representation in the space, you know, you have wine spectator, you have wine enthusiast, you have food and wine, you have vine pair, the like Psalm we, journal, all of them. We can go on and on and on about all the wine publications that exist, but how many of them speak to us? Can you take name one? No, maybe like one article, but when two? you think about a publisher, no, none, so, that's a problem. So that was the void I was trying to fill. That's the void I'm filling with uncorked and cultured is to create a destination for people of color to see themselves in wine, in wellness, in culture, and in travel adventure. Because it's cool. We can go to Instagram. We can follow Instagram influencers. We can pretend to be influencers, but if you're not doing the work, that's the difference. And the influencers, they just make you jealous. Let's be honest. They want You want to recreate what the influencers do. But this is genuine. This is real people telling real stories. Making real change. That's the intention. Mm -hmm. You're amazing. You are a powerhouse woman. Powerhouse woman. And, and, and you know what? I totally believe that you know we end up right where we need to be in that moment. And when you started talking about how you feel like this is your purpose and all of your life experiences have brought you here... Sometimes it doesn't feel like we know what we're doing as we maneuver through life. And it's so wild to get to a place to be like, 
okay, now this is starting to make sense. Like, had it not been for maybe 10 years that I killed myself in a job that didn't appreciate me, but the knowledge that I gained from that, the connections that I gained from that, the networking I was able to create, that is now assisting me to actually thrive in a space that I've created, that I own, that I want to like build out to my vision. Absolutely. And those things wouldn't be possible sometimes unless we went through challenging situations, through difficult moments Mm -hmm. that test you. And when you come out of it, you're just like, damn, I'm a badass (laughs) B. Like what? (laughs) Girl, you hit it on the nose. And you know what? You hit it on the nose to the point where sometimes you just have to be intention. Mm-hmm. When you live in intention and you become intentional with everything that you do and you just walk into a room and you just close your eyes and you just say what your intention is before you go into an interview, you just, this is what I intend to do. If you know somebody's difficult and you just lay it out to yourself, you don't have to share it with them. You just know from yourself. So you have that benchmark of understanding and level setting. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, that's been the most important thing for me because once I set my intention and I know it's pure, anything that happens after that is all God mm-hmm. because I'm not manipulating it. I'm not, you know, my intention usually isn't self interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> usually. <laughs> hey, it's all good to want things for yourself. Right. But, but no, you hit the nail right on the head. And I think that's very important. At the same time, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a little self-interest. You know, hey, we got to build each other up. You know, I got to make sure my mouth is being fed. But, but at the end of the day, it is about, you know, what can we do for others? How can we assist others? Uh, and the intention piece, I love that. I also want to go back to something you said earlier about alignment. Mm. And, and y- you're right. There are so many people who have difficulties with finding that alignment. Mm-hmm. How, how did you get there? Like how, how did you discover what works? And that's not to say like there's a finite point and once you get there, it's over, right? Like we are students of life. We are a work in progress 24 yes. seven. There is no end point. That's true. There's always learning to be done. But at the same time, you can also recognize like feeling better aligned than maybe mm-hmm. previously before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where does someone who has no idea on the concept of that even begin? And how did you find yourself really getting to that point? I'm going to say it's a two-part process for me. One was self-assessments. So literally... Oh, I like the sound of that. Mm-hmm. Those pores. <laughs> Let me get a pour, too. <laughs> Thank you. The big sis. Yes. Sip consciously, y'all. That's good. So I'm going to say that doing a self-assessment, like everybody knows about the Myers-Briggs, right? There's a book called Strength Finders 2.0. There's other um, DISC DISC assessments, D-I-S-C. There's different things that allow you to understand what your traits are, what your strengths are, what your leadership skills are how you are from an emotional standpoint, from a like social standpoint. And doing those assessments allows you to reflect and see mm-hmm. see something because it's usually just a, a few quick questions, right? You just, whatever, no, there's no wrong answer. Your answer literally dictates who you are. So you don't, you never think too hard about it. You just, whatever the first one that, you know, feels right, you just go with it. And when you read who that is and what it represents and reflect on it about yourself and you realize that you do (laughs) relate to it 
it, it helps you understand who you are. When you're honest with yourself. When you're honest with yourself, right? <laughs> Sometimes we might not like what we see. But we also have to learn from it because usually in those processes, like a lot of these tools tell you the good and the bad. So yeah. it's not just a critical lens. It's also a celebratory kind mm. of lens and things to admire. So when you do that and you get your strengths and you get your weaknesses, it allows you to either play up your strengths or to work on your weaknesses. Mm. You don't have to stay in that, right? We're constantly evolving. That's the yeah. amazing thing about he- being human beings is that our minds are amazing. And so I felt I feel like that's the first step, right? But then the second step for me, and I'm about to say something, somebody, somebody might resonate with this, others may not. But when I started tapping into my divine feminine sensual energy. Mm, divine feminine sensual energy. <laughs> 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 Let's get it. I can't even like smile anymore because my my cheeks are hurting. But when you tap into that energetic kind of like spiritual plane and that sense of knowingness and that sense of just like God body and just like not even where, where it's not even you don't have to think about it. It's just innate. When you start tapping into that intuition, you don't even have to you won't second guess yourself anymore because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the times. We live our lives and in, in, in with other people's expectations around us, societal That's expectations, so true. right? We, so true. We really like want to be like, we don't want to mess up because we don't want this to happen or we don't want anybody to think this or this the is judgment. what's expected of us. Mm-hmm. But when you tap into that divine, feminine, sensual energy, and even if you're a man, like feminine and, and masculine energy, we all have it. It's a spectrum. Right. That the feminine energy is just a more emotional, innate, spiritual space. You know, and once you tap into that, and I feel like everything just stopped when I started talking about it. (laughs) So AC went off. It's all good. But it wanted me to be loud. Yes, they wanted it to be clear. And so when you tap into that divine feminine sensual energy, it allows you to reflect. It allows you to understand what your alignment is because you are more in tune with yourself, your goals, your passion, your purpose. Because Every time you wake up in the morning and every time you're about to question yourself or every time that you need to seek something and you just state tapping into my divine feminine sensual energy, tapping into my divine feminine sensual energy, you'll feel a sense of comfort and the questions that you might have will be answered. The direction you need to take will be shown. That's where the intention starts. So even if you're a man and you want to be like, what's best for me and my family? What's best for me in this next level of my life so I can be the man to be a provider? As soon as you set that intention with everything you do and whenever you're at a crossroad, God is going to open up the doors and lead you in the direction you need to be in. Mm, mm, That is so true. That is so true. And it takes practicing that. We can't just be like, I want intention. Come to me. You started whispering to yourself right now, like tapping into my divine feminine sensual energy. Like you have to place yourself mentally, emotionally, spiritually in that moment to truly tap into it consciously. Aligning yourself. Aligning yourself. And then what ends up happening is whether it's work, whether it's your significant other, whether it's something with your children, whether it's cooking, whether it's shopping for a new dress, whatever it is taking a vacation, when you lead with that intention, everything's going to make sure that it's aligned. Mm. And since I've done that, I'm going to be honest with you, like there's been challenges, right? There's always challenges, but 
I've gotten to doors and I've created spaces that I would have never imagined a year ago, six months ago. Like six months ago, I wouldn't imagine sitting here across from you. Six months ago, I would not have imagined that either. Like, I, like, my mind is still being blown. Even as we're sitting here talking about this, I'm like, this is really happening. I'm like, Gabby, like, <laughs> like, y'all could see my face right now, I swear. Oh, my God. You're making me, oh, you're making me feel special right now. Oh, like, you should. It, like, literally, you are just, your mindset, the framework that you come with, I know that there are life experiences that have shaped that. And again, you know, being very intentional about wanting to be that type of individual, but it's so true. It's so true. And that's why it's also so great to just have these conversations and hold space for these conversations because you get to learn and you get to explore and you get to just overall feel inspired by seeing other people doing it. And knowing like, okay, I can too. And also, no, that's, you hit it right on the nail. And I just want to alleviate some pressure on some people. Stop caring what other people think. Mm. Because once you reach a certain age, it's all good, no matter. (laughs) And when you realize that the people who are the flyest and the people that are the most confident, even when you're young, are the people who don't care Mm. what other people think. Mm -hmm. So the closer you get to that, the better you'll be long-term. Because that's literally... That's the bag. (laughs) The bag is not caring what other people think. Yes, absolutely. And it's funny that you said that there was a, this feed the other day on Twitter was called hashtag pearls of wisdom. (laughs) And it was all these uh, people that had actually retired and they wanted to give some words of the wise uh, to whether it was millennials or anybody who I think was just younger than they were. And that was one of the things that kept being like this repeated thread was Mm -hmm. stop caring about what other people think, go after what you want. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, it's so true. I mean, we put so many pressures on ourselves? How many times do we stop ourselves from doing something that maybe we genuinely wanted to do Mm. uh, simply because, you know, we care too much about what other people might think. And that's not to say that, you know, it goes away always. Cause I think sometimes, you know, insecurities can seep in, mm-hmm. but you got to, the moment that starts happening, you got to check yourself. Absolutely. And if it's something that makes me happy, then you just have to keep moving in that space. That's true. And it's important work at the end of the day. So it's like, there's nothing negative really, truly that comes from any of it. Not at all. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm, I am. I'm proud of you. Can we can just be proud of each other yes, <laughs> and now we're friends for life. And now who knows, like this is, this is why this is so important and great is because now that we, you and I have connected, how much greater is that force now when you have two people, two brains are better than one. And when you're able to, again, make those connections and hold space for these conversations, you allow it to keep growing and flourishing Absolutely. and thriving. And it impacts people from the East coast to the West coast. I mean, like we're literally talking about this little tiny West coast, Napa Valley girl sitting here chatting with someone who lives all across on the other side Harlem baby the Harlem. United States I just I just moved to Harlem so I can't claim it because <laughs> um, they would be mad at me the Harlem people would get at me I'm was born in the DC mm. Howard University Hospital grew up in Maryland not too far from College Park in, mm. near in PG County and um you know I went to HBCU I went to Morgan State University in Baltimore Maryland so I'm a Maryland girl okay you know but I've lived in LA for 10 years and now I'm in New York so I'm I'm slowly getting myself I don't know if I'm going to go back to DC but I'm definitely closer right to my mm-hmm. family but I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me at this stage in my life is lifestyle 
We all want to have a good lifestyle. Mm -hmm. We don't want to work hard and not have anything to show for it, right? We want to be able to have our passion kind of fuel us. Like no one wants to go to work and they despise it and they hate it. Like exactly. I want to go to work and love what I do and because that means and be inspired. That, right. Because that means I'm gonna be I'm my gonna best every self. exactly my best self. And that means the people that I come across at work are gonna love me even more because they're gonna feel that energy and mm-hmm. it's gonna be creating this whole system. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like whether you work at McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Target, the call centers you know, whatever it is you do for the government, do it with pride. Find out what it is that you love, that inspires you, that makes you feel like, okay, this is a way, if I like helping people, let me help people to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. If I like building stuff, let me build and create something with my hands. Like whatever it is, as long as you tap into and understand what it is you love and you're passionate about, that's the key. And that's why those self-assessments are so essential because that helps you understand where what you would do if you didn't get paid mm-hmm. versus what your skill sets are and what you're passionate about. And once all that stuff aligns, you'll realize what you should be doing in your life and you'll start being seeking that. And as you seek that, the universe and God will create it for you. And, you know, with Uncorked and Cultured at this stage as a media company, as a publisher, I want to create a space where black, white, Asian, Latino, Indian, indigenous, we all just hanging out where we can go and create an experience with each other, where we Mm -hmm. can, you know, see each other doing things with each other. Mm -hmm. And it's not this us and them. hundred percent. You know, especially when it comes to people of color, because we've always been othered. Always. And even when even when people have tried to say like oh no no but we're the same it's just like no 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 there's still an energy that clearly shows me whether it's your tone of voice how someone approaches me that this here's the divide exactly exactly and the, if we can't you know we go further together so the more do we realize that the better I think we do of course have our own spaces where we have to amplify each other but when we come together it's magical it's so magical. And so, you know, I'm a, I'm appreciating you for giving me space here. And, you know, I can't wait to come back to Napa. And I, ho- I hope to meet people while I'm here. I've met some amazing people, you know, over at the Napa Ford and Lincoln dealership. Mm-hmm. Kevin Massey over there. And, you know, Don Schindler over at the Westin. And, you take and advantage of being in all your the, opportunities. At the She's Maritage. already naming everyone. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, and Cinnamon, you know, Cinnamon Tours. Even though, you know, she's been great just you know, communicating with her. And then we're looking forward to going to um, Buster's Southern Barbecue. For yes. Some barbecue. The only black owned business in Napa, y'all. Okay. We, we can't forget about J Moss Winery. Now, J, James Moss restaurant. and his wife. The only Janet. black owned restaurant but if you guys in Napa wanna, Valley. Yes. And I'm, I'll correct myself. I'm looking forward to that barbecue, too. But for my birthday, we're going to be hanging out with J Moss and James and Janet over at J Moss um, and they're on amazing. Wednesday. And then um, we're going to be going to Raymond Vineyard so we can have some John Legend LVE vineyard wine. Exclusive. Oh, so we can have some of his wine collection. Celebrate. Yes. But I just want to shout out to our, our fam. Like, George Walker the third, mm-hmm. George Carver Walker the third, Washington Carver the third. Yes, George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> is it George Carver Washington the third? George, I think his full name is George Washington Carver the third. Okay. 
<laughs> Walker. Walker. <laughs> now, now this wine. Now I'm confused. <laughs> George Walker the <III>. third. <laughs> Let's take it back to the original. But he'll get a kick out of it because you know he has a long. He has a uh, he has a historical you know lens that he comes from with his, absolutely with his grandfather and his grandfather, the work yep. he's doing with Dwayne Wade and mm-hmm. Ed Wade Settlers and mm-hmm. so many amazing people. Yep, yep. I mean, we're about to get dinner with Justin and her and. Yes, yes. And the incredible work she's created. I mean, there are so many people right now that are fired up. And I think so much of this energy is because we're looking at each other, doing it together. And we're just like, look at everybody in their own city, in their own state. And we're connecting. We're talking about this. And we're all sharing those narratives and those stories, whether it's through the power of podcasting, whether it's through the power of radio, audio, media, social media, like all of these different avenues. Mm -hmm. And that is what is going to be here to stay. That is what's going to continue to propel all of these powerful narratives into existence so that we can continue creating a sustainable model for years and years and years to come. Amen. Amen. I just want to talking about sustainable avenues. I just want to shout out the roots one. Mm. Cause you know, mm-hmm. Carlton's over at the Heights. Mm-hmm. He's one of Heights the co-founders, yeah. you know, he's the big wig CEO, yep. of the roots fund. I want to shout out Ikimi and I want to shout out all the roots fund scholars that are here in Napa Valley because of them doing the work. Justin, Darren, Darwin, Andrew Mim, so many people that are out here doing the work. And these are all young people, you know, yep younger people younger than me (laughs) you know recent college graduates and young professionals that are really passionate about what they do and are grateful for these type of resources that the roots fund is providing to them so you know we're just going to call out um a call of action to all the vineyard owner owners to all the Mm -hmm. executive the corporate executives and organizations please donate and support these type of organizations you have an organization I do. I do have an organization. Yes. We need to donate (laughs) to your organization. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Sometimes I, like, find struggles with that because I think you technically need to be a 501c3 to receive tax-exempt donated funds. But people want to support you in your efforts. You have expenses. Like, you're doing something for Juneteenth. I am. Yes, I am. Out-of-pocket expenses. So you need donations. What do you need? Do you need you need um, in kind? You need water. You need food. Like, let us know what you need. I, I will. I will. I'll be letting. Uh, I will lovingly let everybody know. Yes, anytime. That's always appreciated. Waters, especially. You know, when we were holding our protest, people were showing up in numbers with cases and cases of waters. Because- What's the organization name again? The People's Collective for Change, PCC. 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 You can follow us on Instagram, (laughs) PCC Napa. I already know where she's going. Excuse me, are we here for me or are we here for you? For both of us. Uh, Well, I love that. I love that. (laughs) You want to know what you said right now? You said something where you were talking about all of these phenomenal people who are scholarship recipients of the Roots Fund, who are young, just graduated, eager to get into the industry. And it, rem- it makes me be like, where was Angela's mindset when she was fresh graduating out of Morgan State? And like, what were you thinking at that time? Did you think this is the space that you would be in? Like, where was your head at? Where did you want to go? What were your passions like? What were the hopes and dreams for you? And, and thinking back, like if you could tell her something, like what, would, what is it that you'd be saying to her? Oh, 
Morgan State. You want to know what I was doing at Morgan State senior year? Getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> to put it nicely. I was getting in trouble. But you know what? Fun trouble. It's a good trouble. You I know? was working at the local news station. I was a full-time audio engineer for our morning news show. I was, you know, Guapale, Raheem Devon. People were coming in, and I was recording them live on air. So cool. Um, but I also was directing a poetry show. <laughs> Don't be more poetic. So I had my own television show. Wow. On the local cable, the, the Baltimore Mayor's Cable Network. And, that is um, so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. And I was freelancing at the at his station, the Baltimore Mayor's Channel, cable channel, whatever that was. I can't remember. TV channel, tell 21. And so... I was super ambitious. I also, you Go know. Go get her. That's the first word that came to mind. I'm like, man, yeah. she does not stop. No, I was I was a hustler <laughs> for sure senior year. Like, I was a hustler. I was doing weekends at Kenneth Cole in the retail. Like, I, at one point, I had like four jobs. Uh, yeah. And so, back in 2002, 2003, when I was working, you know, at the TV station and juggling, you know, doing my own TV show, I also, shortly after, I started teaching at Baltimore School for the Arts. And I wow. taught like a video production program for, you know, high school. Giving back. There high, she is. High school Full artists. circle. Yeah. And then, um, you know, my goal shortly after that, you know, I was an audio engineer. That was my passion. That was what I really wanted to focus on. But I did really enjoy giving back and teaching. And so I started working at a summer youth program. I started working at C-SPAN. I started working at Fox News Channel. Like I started really directing, like started directing and leading, which Mm. was something that I never really saw for myself, but didn't really blossom into until 2014. Mm. So from 2005 you know, until 2014, I was still just getting, gaining experience, just doing the work, figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I moved to LA, I was working in digital distribution, like creating those digital files. Everybody watches on Netflix and Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then I started working with a, a music video director and commercial director and Marcus Rayboy. And we just was running the streets. Like we was doing Shakira music videos. We were oh doing Carlos God. Santana. Oh we was God. doing Mary J. Blige. She told you she had stories, didn't she? I have stories. <laughs> and it was amazing. Like, it was amazing experiences that I've had. And I was dirt ass broke doing that. But when you're doing it and you're around people that you aspire to be like or get inspiration from, mm. you got to look past that and just know that you're, you're ordained in a certain order. And you just have to trust it. And that's when the intention and that's when the faith and mm-hmm. that's when the, you know, um, taking those moments to reflect and be and live in gratitude. Come to play. 100%. Because how many people can say they've had even access to those moments and experiences? And you're right there. You were right there. That's true. I didn't even think about it at the time. You know, like I'm just showing up. Exactly. You're like, you I'm just, just working. Up. I'm just working. When you sacrifice and show up. That's where the magic happens because once you set your attention, you sacrifice, you show up, it's now you're allowing God to do his work. And because if you unfolds. try to control it, you're too, you, too busy trying to control it. You can't let the magic happen. You can't even see that the magic is happening because you're so fixated on your idea of what's supposed to be. Your, your expectations. I have no expectations when I go into situations because... My aunt told me when I was 25 years old, when you have expectations, especially on other people, you're setting yourself up for failure and disappointment as well as the other. Mm. 
Because you're having someone else live up to your expectations that you guys haven't even negotiated. Yeah. Most of the time. Yep. Yep. And it's so weird how as a society we're ingrained and raised to feel like we need to have expectations. Like if you don't have expectations, then you don't have it's not expectations, ambition or goals. it's entitlement. Let's just be real. Call it for what it is. Yeah, that's just let's just be real. It's entitlement. It's not ex because when you have an expectation that hasn't been negotiated, that's entitlement. Mm-hmm. Let's just be real. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what it is. And if you're entitled, you're setting yourself for a world of disappointment. A world of being a bitch. Sorry, I don't know if it you guys is can what curse. it is. It is. It is what it is. <laughs> she looks back to you for approval. Is it okay that I said that? That's my manager slash publisher slash fundraiser. Hopefully, yes. Slash fundraiser slash bestie slash hey. Yeah, but yeah. No, and that's so true. And you said that was your grandmother that told you that, or your aunt? My aunt, Aunt Frida. Your aunt, words of wisdom, words of wisdom. Do you feel like that's always been something that, that has stuck with you from the moment you heard those words? Is that what really taught you? Like, these are the words I want to live by. Yeah. Because at the time, like when she told me that I was like in a relationship, you know, with a, with a guy, we were living together and you know, I just thought, Oh, he's supposed to make me happy. She was like, girl, you can't be putting that on somebody else. You gotta make yourself happy. Someone compliments that. Someone compliments that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, it, it, it literally has been such a pleasure sitting here with you. I'm so excited <laughs> to keep the celebrations going. Your Juneteenth Napa Vintners Crawl is going to be amazing. Everybody needs to follow along because I know you. You're going to be posting all about it. So if you're not already following Uncorked and Cultured, first of all, make sure you're doing that. Second, she has an entire webpage. Go support. There's awesome wardrobe, lots of things that you can invest, buy so that you you can represent and show what you're personally invested in. I love your sip consciously hashtag yes. that you have going on Thank all the you. time. I'm like, tag us. Yes. Tag them. Use them. Uh, how else can people support and stay connected with you? Subscribe to our YouTube page. Um, we're dropping our sip consciously digital series this summer. So all the events, all the winemakers we speak to this year, this summer, Everything that we do in Lodi, everything we're doing here in Napa, we're going to publish it as a digital, as part of our digital series. So it's going to be a video. And so we would love for you to subscribe to us on, on, on YouTube. Just, you know, go, you know, search Uncorked and Cultured, subscribe to our newsletter and just, you know, show us some love. Show them the love. I got nothing but love for you. Thank you so much for coming here. It has been a pleasure. Salud, my friend. Salud. Big sip.